Hey, hey, Rebels. Welcome to episode 150 of the Rebel Rising podcast. Holy crap, it's been 150 episodes. Let's pop the champagne or some sparkling cider and celebrate with today's episode where we are talking about one of my favorite topics, creating a business that feels right and that feels good to you with Sandy Connery. Sometimes the businesses that we create don't feel great to us. We've decided to follow someone else's business model, follow someone else's formula, use the dude bro marketing tactics that just feel wrong and a bit slimy. And then we end up creating a business that we don't love. And Sandy wants to change all of that. Sandy Connery is the co-founder of Namastream Software, Soful NBA, and Connectable Biz Software. After a 20-year career in footwear and gait analysis, Sandy sold her million-dollar brick-and-mortar retail business and clinic. She now brings her business experience to the online space where she loves to create community, teach, and inspire other women to find freedom and impact that they desire. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast, where business owners, speakers, and entrepreneurs have real conversations about making the journey to becoming the next generation of thought leaders and influencers. This is the place to take a stand in your industry, get messy with your message, slay your mindset demons, and grow a profitable business that allows you to make a bigger impact while doing more good. Here's your host, the instigator of three-word rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Hi, Sandy. Welcome to the Rebel Rising podcast. Hi, Michelle. I've been looking forward to this all week. I am so excited to have you here. I've been a guest on your podcast, and so I'm so happy to have you on mine. So why don't we start by you just telling us a little bit about you and your business? Sure. So my business is Namastream Software, and I have a partner. So we are co-founders in this software company together. And Namastream is a software tool that primarily uh, entrepreneurs in health and wellness, so yoga, Pilates, you know, fitness, nutrition, those kind of areas, they use it to teach online. So they take their expertise that they already know so well in person, and they are able to use Namastream to create memberships and courses and really augment their businesses and bring in that digital component. So they use pre-recorded content, and we also have a live streaming feature as well. That's amazing. Amazing. So, and tell us just a little bit about your podcast too, because yeah. we have podcast listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the podcast is with my partner, Jenny, and myself, and we just kind of dive into all sorts of things from women in tech and business, and it does have a slant to creating an online business. So, it's called Soulful MBA. So, we have this sort of juxtaposition about sort of being soulful and, you know, authentic and heart-centered entrepreneurs, but also like we do business, you know, so we talk about all sorts of things around women in business. Yeah, it's great because it's kind of that yin and yang. I hate calling it the woo world, but the more spiritual world and then the hardcore business. And it's just this beautiful blend of... Yeah, I think they can go together, you know, like we have lots of woo people on our platform, but they're also some really hard-ass 
class entrepreneurs that make smart decisions and have great boundaries and do some really amazing things, even though they may teach the woo or coach the woo, you know, and I, I feel really proud of them for doing that. Yes, yes, yes. And I just believe there's such like a beautiful synergy there as well. So amazing. The first question I always like to ask from my whole three word rebellion framework. So tell me, what are you rebelling against? Yeah, so many things. But for this podcast, I know I think a lot of your guests say that, like, I'm rebelling against yes. so many things. So many things. You're making me pick one. I would say our main focus is that I'm, we're rebelling against the way business online is done, um, sort of the status quo, this sort of bro culture, online business is sleazy and spam and kill it, crush it, hustle hard, profit, short-term vision, make a lot of money, all of that. I can't stand it. And so we are really trying to operate as entrepreneurs with online businesses in a much different way that is very values-based and intentional and mindful that we're dealing with actual people on the other end, even though it's digital. So I feel like the digital world kind of started out really poorly as far as businesses goes. And, and it's just very yuck, a lot of it. That's a terrible description. That should be in my, one of my three-word rebellions is yuck. Just, I just don't like the way business is being done and portrayed and, the, and the, the chatter around it. So we are rebelling against that. And in fact, we wrote a digital artisan manifesto to kind of like, here's how we want to operate. And we're inviting everyone to operate along those, that same framework. Yeah. So why do you feel it's so detrimental? Because I've been having this conversation with a lot of people lately. And I even kicked off this year of the Rebel Rising podcast talking about the decline of internet dude bro culture. Mm -hmm. But I'm always curious, why do you feel it is so detrimental? Well, my first reaction to that is that it's not very welcoming and inviting and encouraging to women to start businesses in that world. So Jenny and I actually met, we took an online course on how to create software companies and we were like a handful of women. We just sat there, like the language and the the way that they spoke and they talked about clients and sales and the copyright. It, we just, all of it felt horrible to us. And so we took the basic of what they were teaching and, and sort of, you know, massaged into our own way of doing and being, and it was successful. But I think that I don't know that everybody wants to operate that way. Like that does not feel good. It does not feel genuine. It doesn't feel right. It, to me, it's just like a bit of disgust and I don't want to participate in that. I think that's why it's so detrimental. I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I hope not anyway. No, no. I think a lot of people feel this disgust towards it because it feels very transactional to me where right. it's just like, you give me money, I give you thing. I don't care if you get result from thing, right? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's all about the money. And there's so much claims about, you know, six figures and six months. And like, it's all about big and fast. I just don't believe that that's, if you really want to create a business for long-term success, those are not the tactics that you want to use. No. And it, the money focus has always just felt super soulless to me. Mm -hmm. Like, are you just making money for money's sake so that you can have the big house or, you know, show us that you're at a beach? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the nice car. I'm like, your business has no soul to it. That's right. And I guess if you want to do that, then all the power to you. But I think that I personally want to create something really beautiful on the internet that supports our clients, that allows them to do bigger and better and greater things. And that also supports me and that I can have the life that I want, that I can be home at my, my son comes home from school, that I can make good money, you know, all of those things. It's not all about 
sales. There's a whole lifestyle around it. And I think that is not, that is completely lost in the whole bro culture. Yeah, talk. I agree with that. It's, it's really about, yeah, the kind of life that you want to create. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the money. No, success is, you know, multi-factors. It's not just money. Absolutely. The definition of that. And you define it for yourself, right? Maybe it is. And then that's great. But for me, it's not. It's around lifestyle and freedom, travel and, you know, buying what I want, doing what I want, and also feeling really good about the people that we support, Mm -hmm. our teachers, allowing them to build those lives as well. Yeah. Curious to hear about the manifesto because I think it answers this question. What change do you want to create in the world? Yeah, I love that question. I think that we would really love to be able to see more women come into entrepreneurship. So I say women because that is who we primarily see coming on our platform and who we primarily speak to. However, we have lots of men and they do very, very well. And I would add too that the men seem to get up and running faster and more successful faster than the women, which is interesting. But I think the change I'd like to see is I would love to draw in more women who are perhaps nervous about starting a business. And I just want to nurture them to that place where they can start a business and create the life that they they want in a way that feels really good to them and ticks all those boxes of success for them. So I would love to see more women in entrepreneurship to make that a short statement. More women in entrepreneurship. More women in entrepreneurship. I'm all for that. And why do you think women have a tougher time than men getting themselves established or even taking the leap into to starting their own business. Yeah, I can tell you. So <laughs> I can tell you based on our little experiment with Namastream. So this is what happens. So a new teacher, male, will join Namastream. The next day, they will have some logo up, some whatever colors chosen. They'll write some copy and they will be for sale. Their membership or whatever they're creating course will be for sale the next day. The women agonize over logo, color, copy. Am I ready? Do I look good enough? Do I have enough videos? Who's going to buy it? Why would they buy it? There's so much free on YouTube. And all this sort of ideas around fear and perfectionism and am I enough? And the men, I hate to make such gendered statements, but it's literally true. Also, women will underprice and men will not. So for memberships, this is something I just realized the other day that we had a, a handful of new teachers on our platform recently. And a lot of them are pricing memberships like $10, $8.99, $12.99. I'm like, oh my God, I think that's way too, and they have like good stuff, good yeah. content, right? You know, you're going to sell like 10 people and make 80 bucks in a month. Like, no, that's not okay. A lot of the women will underprice where the men, I've seen a man who come onto our platform who had literally zero social media following, like nothing, zero, zero, zero followers. And he was pricing himself at 35 a month. And so it's like, isn't that interesting that these women with thousands of on Insta or, you know, decent sized email lists are charging $8.99 or $9.99 a month. Like they just don't see the value. So they're culturally, you know, there's a problem there. Like we're not seeing our value. We're not believing in ourselves. And that's what I want to change. So the men just get down and do it. They're much more business focused. Like I need to sell this as fast as I can. And women are like, "Mm, this needs to be really good. This needs to be perfect. I'll just tell my friends about it. Maybe I'll launch next month. You know, like there's a totally different attitude around getting it out there. Yeah. I've noticed that in my business as well. And 
you know, when I was only working with speakers, like within a week, I had the same conversation with two clients who had like a similar profile about doubling their speaking gigs. And one was male and one was female. I told the guy, I was like, I really think you need to double your fees. He said nothing to me, calls me a week later and was like, hey, I I asked for double and I got it. I'm like, awesome. I had the same conversation with my female speaker and she's like, oh, I don't know. Would they actually pay me that much? And is it worth it? And am I expert enough? And I was like, wow, we have so much going on in our heads that actually keeps us out of action. And one of my friends and one of my coaches, Tanya Geisler says, you know, about the imposter complex, it's meant to isolate us and keep us out of action. And it does an exceptional job of Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, did that. And as a woman, when I hear that, I think I'm never going to do that. Like, I don't want to be that person. When you hear that a man just does that and is paid for it, it makes me so mad. And I just want to double down and like make sure that in my life and the prices that I'm, you know, asking for and the things I want, the things I need, I'm asking for. Because I think often we just don't ask, but it's terrifying that women show up and play at that level. It's not our individual fault, it's culture, right? It's what we have been taught, it is what we have been seen. We are pleasers, typically. We... I was just reading in, what was that? I think it was from Tara Sophia Moore's book. And she was talking about how in school, we have an authority figure. The teacher, girls do very well in school because there's an authority figure that they've figured out like what that teacher likes, how to please them, how to perform. But we are not very good at like just doing it ourselves and going on our own and we want to please the authority figure. When we become, you know, the owners of our own business, there is no authority figure besides ourselves. It's like, Uh, I need more validation that someone is actually going to buy this. You know, like there's all these self-worth issues that come up, this inner critic that just sneaks in there and stops us. So I'm grateful for podcasts like yours and ours that sort of bring these to the forefront and sort of, I want to wake up, you know, sort of shake women and go, wait, just like think about this. And there's nothing more um, motivating than when I hear a man does something and is successful at it. And then I'm stopping myself because of, whatever mindset issues or the story you're telling yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's maddening. Oh, I completely agree. So I'm hearing from you that one of the things that you do to really get more women in entrepreneurship is number one, you're modeling that for other people by being a woman entrepreneur, charging appropriately Mm -hmm. for your product and being that role model for them. So if you could give them, the other thing that I see is like you're using that competition as fuel. Like when you see a man like raise their price, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, yes, I can do that too without blocking myself. But what do you think is like one of the best ways for women to basically stop blocking themselves and start getting into action? I think if they start to ask themselves why they want to do this, because I think often if this is just for me, then I'll just make it free or I'll just charge a really low price or I'll just, you know, I'll do it for free. So I think if we start to get really clear on why am I building this business? What do I want out of it? Whether that is a certain income level or the ability to take holidays with my family or work three days a week or be home when my child is sick or, or whatever. I think understanding why you're building it and having making sure that that is very, very clear. I think that is incredibly motivating. Mm, Yes. Getting absolutely clear on why you're building it 
the way you're building it and why mm-hmm. you want the business. I agree. I agree. Because then when it's, you know, when it's something bigger than you or bigger than the money, it's just far more motivating. Yeah, that's right. Even if it's like, I guess it, it kind of plays into goal setting too. Like for me, we've decided we want to buy land. And so I'm like, focused. You know, like it's not about me. If I just said, oh, I, I need to make, I don't know, whatever, half a million dollars or some gigantic number, I'd be like, ah, ah. Mm. But because there's like a thing and it's from my family and possibly generations, all of a sudden it becomes like a bigger thing than me. And I'm much more motivated to be very efficient with my time and really focus on what I need to do to, to move this business forward so I can reach that goal. Yeah, I love that. And it's a great example of having, okay, the money serves a purpose and it's part of the legacy that you're leaving. Right, yeah. And making that connection can be very powerful. So I have one final question for you. If women entrepreneurs acted on your message, what do you think the world would be like? Oh my goodness. It would be such a wonderful place. I I think that people would be really happy to use a very boring word. Mm -hmm. I, I think if people could build the life that they wanted, if women could have the income that they wanted and deserved, I think that everything would be so different. People would, for me, it all comes down to like freedom of time. So I see a world where people can spend their days the way that they want to. They can focus on what they want. So they don't have to be at a place at a certain time for these hours and then be rushing around. I just wish that everyone could have that kind of life where there's just ethical businesses, profitable businesses, efficient businesses. I think the world would be so much happier and in such a better position than it is now. Yes, yes, yes. Especially, I just want to point out the ethical part. I don't feel like we have enough conversations around the ethics of business, the ethics of how we communicate, which is kind of like bringing the conversation back full circle to the whole dude bro marketing, that lack of ethics that mm-hmm. I find highly problematic. Yes. Very short-term thinking, right? Like let's mm-hmm. sell now and let's do anything, anything that we have to do to make that sale now. And it's, it's short-term and yes. it'll come back to bite you yeah, for sure. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Sandy, for being on the podcast. So tell us where where can people find you? So our online hub is soulful.mba and you can learn about the software Namstream or the podcast and other ways to work with us. And then we're also hanging out on Insta at, at soulfulmba. Awesome. And do check out the podcast. It is really amazing. If you find yourself in that intersection of hardcore business skills and that more spiritual side of yourself, this is a podcast you definitely want to check out. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Michelle. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazur.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser. Rebel Riser.